Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, my guests are John Burris and Nancy Beaton, and they are executives at InView, and we are going to be talking about how they received a no-action letter from the SEC, which is actually a very good thing in the blockchain world, so don't go away. In this week's tech news, breaking news is that Facebook must be broken up. That's what the U.S. government says needs to happen. And mainly from the FTC or the Federal Trade Commission, their complaint is that the social media company has abused its dominance in the digital marketplace and is pushing or continuing to push anti-competitive behavior. This is very new, but not unexpected, given all the backlash that has gone on with Facebook and other social media companies. So I will continue to report on that as I find out more. As Alanis Morissette would say, isn't it ironic? Well, FireEye, a major cybersecurity firm, did disclose that the tools they make, cybersecurity tools, were compromised in what they believe is a state-sponsored attack. So some foreign entity took the time to hack the tools they provide to their customers and to the public. And what I would say, and I would give kudos to FireEye, they are very quick in disclosure and very quick in letting everyone know what was going on so they didn't try to hide it. But as we always say, if a tech cyber firm can be hacked, so can you. Also, in a bit of he said, she said, WhatsApp is criticizing Apple for the new privacy app rules that they've imposed. So Apple, with its latest updates, now really make it very clear when certain apps are accessing your personal information. What happens there, though, is that WhatsApp is saying that it's not fair, that they're not able to really adopt these practices, that they're going to have to change their business model because they actually, as we all know, sell this data to others. And so what they're saying is not that they don't do that. They're saying it's unfair because Apple is not limiting their own apps, such as iMessage. So I think as we often talk about, the state of technology and the way that people use technology continues to change. And because of that, we continue to adapt laws. Other breaking news Elon Musk, again, no surprise, said that he's finally left California and moved to Texas. And then HBO Max announced that they were going to bypass movie theaters and have all new releases opening both in movie theaters and on their home subscription service at the same time. Movie houses like AMC feel like that's completely unfair. And on my final story for this week, which is just more of a amusing story that SpaceX, another one of Elon Musk's company, in their terms of service, so a contract between users and them, they went out of their way to declare that Mars is a free planet. So what does that mean? Well, under the SpaceX terms, anything else like going to the moon or going to the general vicinity around the earth, that all is governed by the state laws of California. But once Elon Musk starts sending spaceships to Mars that it explicitly says that the new government of Mars will not be holding to any Earth government. 
and we'll see how that ends up. And that's the Tech News of the Week. Welcome back to the show. Once again today, I'm joined with John Burris and Nancy Beaton of InView, and we're going to talk about InView and Vcoin. Welcome back, John and Nancy. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Keith. So as uh, we always talk about blockchain and crypto going more and more mainstream, I'm glad you're both on today because I wanted to talk about your company, but I also wanted to talk a little, little bit about the no action letter by the SEC. I think that's going to be really relevant for a lot of people trying to figure, still trying to figure out what this whole crypto blockchain thing is. So why don't we begin with a little bit of an introduction. Uh, John, why don't you start? Sure. John Burris, Chief Strategy Officer and Chief Blockchain Officer over at InView. Been with InView just about three years. Okay. And Nancy? And Nancy Beaton. I'm Vice President of Strategy and Blockchain at InView, and I've been with InView for about two years. Okay, great. And just... So we understand InView in itself, uh, although we're talking about blockchain and crypto, InView is actually um, a 3D avatar company with social media type functionality. So what is InView? It is, it is. And I can share a little bit about the company. Maybe Nancy can fill in about the virtual economy. That's, that's a key part of this 3D avatar world that, that is InView. InView has been around about 20 years. It was one of the pioneers in 3D avatar experiences. Right. So whether it's on your desktop, mobile application, web, you can go online, customize your avatar and join this virtual world. Right. Chat with people from around the world, interact with people from around the world, dance with them, um, engage with virtual goods, virtual services. Um, and it's grown a lot uh, over the last few years. Um, and of course, the recent uh, kind of stay-at-home type orders too has helped the company grow a lot. But you've got this 3D avatar world where people can really have social experiences um, you know, in this kind of environment. Yeah, and I would say um, underpinning all of these authentic sort of friendships and connections that are made on the platform is this really vibrant and comprehensive economy. So we have about 400,000 rooms where people can go in and connect with others. Um, but we have an active creator community, and our community is what produces all of the rooms, all of the virtual goods, virtual clothes. Um, and we will uh, have about 14 billion credits um, exchange hands on the platform each and every month, whether that is buying a virtual hat or a new dress for your avatar, or it's you know gifting credits to somebody to be the DJ in your nightclub that night. And we'll do that through about 27 and, a mil 27 and a half million transactions. So you can see there's this really comprehensive high velocity economy that MView has, which is really unique. Unlike I think some game, traditional game companies that have a single purchase economy where you might go in and buy one new skin or one new gun or one new outfit, um, MView really has more than just the virtual goods. It has this whole peer to peer dynamic as well. That's really interesting. I think about when I was looking at the avatar, it reminded me a lot of um, the kind of Second Life. How are you similar or dissimilar to Second Life? Yeah, Second Life and InView started around the same time. Uh, so in a lot of ways, those two kind of cut the, you know, kind of were the early pioneers in this space. Um, Second Life probably took more of a approach trying to duplicate real real life in the virtual world, right? So it was a, there was a lot of things about recreating environments, 
you know, the, the way you moved and walked between sites and buildings and things like that. InView took much more of a social view um, on, this, on these virtual experiences. And the focus in that environment is rooms. So in a sense, to Nancy's point, some 400,000 different rooms, you quickly move into a room. Um, it's a little more of a confined environment. You find other avatars, other people uh, to engage with and be social with. Um, these could be friends um, that you've maybe had for years and years. We've had many on our platform and been on the platform for over 10 years and get together uh, with their online friends. And in other cases, it might be some, some folks that you just meet for that evening, right? As you walk into a virtual coffee shop and spend time talking about something. Um, so much more of a room and social focus. We talk a lot in view about friendships. Um, so this idea of kind of building, nurturing, creating new friendships on the platform and around the world is a, it's a big part of what InView does versus just trying to recreate the existing world, say, and give you a nice tour of a museum. That's, that's not exactly what, what InView is after. I got it. So um, how many users are on the platform? So we've got about a little over 7 million monthly active users, um, over 1 million daily active users. And the core base is a very loyal base um, of users that many of them have been with us, as I mentioned, for years. Um, Nancy also mentioned a little bit about the virtual economy of, you know, we, we call um, some of our users creators could actually create virtual goods. Some of these creators have been on the platform for a long time, and we've got you know, thousands of creators and, and earners on our platform as well. And it's a really global platform. So we're in more than 180 countries around the world. So it's allowing these people to come and connect in a central place and a central platform. Well, it's a great introduction. So thank you both for being here. We have John Burris and Nancy Beaton, who are in the strategy group of InView. We're talking about InView, a 3D avatar platform where people can interact. Also, we'll be talking about Vcoin, their in-game currency, and we'll be talking about some of the other things that have been uh, in the news lately for this company. If you have any questions or comments, you should email us at info at svi.biz. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. We'll be right back with more of InView and Bitcoin. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. My guests today are from InView and Bitcoin. It is John Burse, Chief Strategy Officer, and Nancy Beaton, who is the VP of Strategy and they're out of Colorado. Welcome back. Thanks, Keith. So even though you're out of Colorado, I know the company is located right here in Redwood City. We've been talking about InView, a company that's been around for over a decade doing social, a social platform centered around rooms using 3D avatars. And I thought it was really interesting. Uh, one question I had for both of you is that InView is recently in the news because of the no action letter by the SEC. Can you tell us what a no action letter is and what the significance is for both InView and the cryptocurrency blockchain community as a whole? Sure. Nancy, do you want to share a little bit about our, our process with our friends at the SEC? Sure, sure. We have been working with the SEC for about a year now, um, trying to secure no action letter or relief for Vcoin so that it would be deemed not a security. 
Uh, really important to MBU is that we have a very vast global community in the US and uh, 180 countries around the world. And so when we looked at launching a digital currency into our platform and into the um, community that's next to our platform, but maybe not users, we really wanted to be able to launch globally because that's how our users connect. And so for us, we had a compelling story, we believe, to take to the SEC of how an established business with a base of users had a real need for that user set in order to be able to earn, to buy, to gift, and then to exit and convert a digital currency to cash. So it's the first time ever that a digital currency will be allowed to be taken off the platform and converted to fiat. And it's gonna be a real benefit to our users so that now they can earn real value, transform it into real cash that they can use in the real world. Yeah, that's good news. And so congratulations to Thanks. your team for InView and Bitcoin. Uh, just as a follow-up, uh, I come out of the technology and banking industry. I've dealt with regulators for many, many years. And when Several years ago, we're, even though Bitcoin's been around for more than a decade, several years ago when the regulators were turning their attention on initial coin offerings, STOs, and really worried about the speculative nature and people getting into stuff that they didn't understand, um, they really did turn the heat up on lots of different companies as we consult with many startups about the regulatory process that they get involved with either intentionally or accidentally. I think that this is going to be a good precedent for a template to follow for other companies. And so that's why I thought it was really important to be talking about today. So again, that's congratulations right. to the team. So with that, having said that, and also uh, I talk often that academically looking at Bitcoin and cryptocurrency from a bank perspective, but personally, I always thought that in-game and virtual currency was a natural use case. Yeah, we think so too. We think so too. So we, I think the broader blockchain space has seen a lot of awesome adoption and growth and value created in that fintech, DeFi kind of financial space, your space, Keith, frankly. Um, we wholeheartedly agree with you, though. We think the next big category, and we think there's no action letter, sets a new regulatory framework and um, set of guidelines, not only for InView, but for all gaming companies, um, all companies that play in this virtual world, or even just want to create a crypto asset. Um, and this is what they've all been waiting for, um, an asset that could be created that could actually be taken off platform. So in the case of Vcoin um, and the guidance from the no action letter, we'll have one of the first crypto assets could be taken off our platform, freely transferred, tradable with other users, non-users on and off our platform. And to Nancy's point, a key point, they can always come back and convert that back into cash. That's kind of, in a sense, how it gets back and it kind of feels like and will be trusted as real currency for our users. Yeah, I, I can see a lot of advantages to that. And, you know, just because it's such a new thing, and I know a lot of people are going to try to figure it out, what were some of the specific stipulations in order, because I know regulators are always very conservative first, That's what are right. some of the specific stipulations in there for being able to treat this as a crypto asset that can be taken on and off fiat? Yeah, I think one of the key themes um, that the SEC and others kind of look at when they want to ask themselves is something of security is, is it, um, is this, in this case, Bitcoin being used for its intended use? Are the buyers, are the people you're trading it with, when people convert it back into cash, is it being used in a sense? And so in, in our case, is, is it being used in these virtual worlds, virtual economies, 
right, uh, for that kind of aspect, right? Um, so there are some early kind of requirements. So we won't be selling, you know, Vcoin in chunks of $10,000, right? That, you know, most gaming virtual world platforms, um, you know, a user won't come in and drop $10,000 on, uh, on a crypto asset like this, right? On a usable game in, in environment type, type asset. Um, there was restrictions on, um, and we frankly, these also back our, our approach to the space. There's restrictions on how, how much um, people can cash out each month. So we have restrictions early on. Um, it's thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, so our earners can earn a lot of money on the platform, but we also have some restrictions. So if someone's going to show up and I'll, I'll just exaggerate a bit, cash out a million dollars worth of VCoin, okay, probably wasn't earned just, you know, on the platform um, engaging in virtual experiences. Um, so there are some restrictions around that just to try to encourage intended use and discourage users from thinking, oh, is this an investment asset? Because it's not. Sure. I would say, too, you know, none of these limits, uh, as they're sort of outlined, are new for MVU because we've been running a digital economy for 15 years. So we understand how our users use in-game digital currency and what they might want to do, how many might want to earn it, how often they might want to cash it out. So the limits that you might read about are well under what our users are going to be able or be wanting to do. So to John's point, while there are limits that are outlined in the letter, we know from our experience that none of that will be prohibitive for our users. So with this no action letter, what do you anticipate in the near term, how your users will interact with the system? Will it be any different or be this very similar now, but that you will have the ability to kind of develop knowing that the no action letter um, is in place? Yeah, so I think the, the user experience um, and we'll, our users in the world will see this in early January when we launch Bitcoin on our platform. The user experience is gonna feel very familiar to our users, to users of online platforms, gaming platforms, the way you'll be able to purchase and uh, transfer, pay each other with Vcoin will be very, very easy, right? As you might imagine. So this isn't crypto from two years ago where you had to learn how to do a private key and a passphrase and get your hardware device to protect your app. No, this is a very easy and thought out UX UI for Vcoin on the platform. Uh, the, the big change, will be for the first time, all of our users across the world will be able to interact with, pay with, hold, spend a real uh, asset, a real digital currency that has real value on and off the platform, right? And so we think the current economy, which as Nancy mentioned, is very, very large, will grow even more. That all of a sudden, those nightclub owners, the people that can help you style your avatar, the folks that can help you build out a room, um, the folks that can show you all the fun rooms to go to one evening, they're all going to have an opportunity now to make real money, spend real money, interact with each other in a way that they haven't. And so an economy that was already very vibrant, we think will grow you know, exponentially because of the introduction of real value for all the users, both on and off the platform. Thanks, John. And so then uh, all of these global users can basically take their in-country fiat currency, transfer it to uh, Vcoin when it launches in mid-January and then be able to transact natively with the in-game currency. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Nancy, do you want to share a little bit about how that user experience might work? And well, let, let's hold that for the next segment because we're uh, running out of time on this one. But yeah, when we get back, we'll talk more about okay. how that's all going to work. So you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. My guests today are John Burris and Nancy Beaton 
from InView were talking about their recent awarding of a no action letter by the SEC and the ramifications of that and how that's going to help set up their user community to adopt their in-game currency and what that means to the broader aspects of not just game companies, but actually other potential usage of uh, in-app tokens or virtual currency. Any questions or comments about today's show, email us at svn.biz, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I've had John Burris and Nancy Beaton of MVU, IMVU, and we've been talking about their no action letter by the SEC, which in the blockchain universe, that is a very good thing. So this week's cyber tip, I want to talk about a topic that's very near and dear to my heart, which is third-party risk or vendor management and how complex these issues can be, especially if you're an executive or a business owner. In 2012, a company called Zoll Medical, based in Campbell, California, used an IT contractor to migrate some data. And what happened in the course of business was that the the data was actually breached and compromised. And that was because of a vendor, Barracuda Networks, leaving a data port open. So without getting into all the complexities of the IT part of it, in essence, the company that had the breach occur is blaming the IT vendor for not keeping things locked down. Now, if anyone has a technology background, you'll know how difficult this is to do. But continue, it's always this idea that you want to have somebody else responsible for risk that your company is involved with. And as we say in technology risk vendor management, you can outsource the risk, but you can't outsource the responsibility. So just always know that as we continue to get more and more regulations, it's going to be incumbent on the business owner, the business executive, to be very aware of how their data is being used and the vendors that are providing those services for you. And that's the Cyber Tip of the Week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I'm joined with John Burris and Nancy Beaton, and they're with InView. And they've been around for over a decade providing 3D experiences in kind of a hybrid social interaction, virtual game. But what we're talking about today is how they recently, as a company, received a no action letter from the SEC, which is actually a very good thing for cryptocurrency and blockchain related companies that are trying to help their users have these in-game experiences using a native virtual currency. So welcome back, John and Nancy. Thank you. Thanks, Kate. So it was super interesting earlier in the show to talk about where MVU and Vcoin are at. Vcoin is going to be launching in the middle of January. I did want to talk because uh, we, we got ran out of time in the last segment, I did want to talk about the user experience, Nancy. So yeah. you, you mentioned how what this happens post this no action letter and what that means. What specifically are the users of MVU going to experience? Yeah, we talked a little bit about how MVU has this high velocity economy already in place. And the users on MVU have been used to be using digital currency in the form of game credits 
for 15 years now. So they understand how to put a credit card down, buy virtual credits, and use those to spend around the platform, either with other users or in the virtual store. So one thing as we looked at driving adoption of vCoin is how to make it as user-friendly as possible. So, you know, as when it comes to, you know, purchasing crypto assets, sometimes, you know, even in the past, you know, setting up a wallet, understanding MetaMask, doing all those has not been uh, user-friendly as possible. And we really wanted to bring that to our users. So we are highly integrated into the experience. And just like they're used to going and putting their credit card down to buy credits, they can now put their credit card down and buy Bitcoin. Just as they're used to being able to um, transfer or uh, send credits to anyone on the platform for personal shopping, for wedding efficient, to go into a nightclub, the same experience they can do with Bitcoin and in, in fact better. So We've made it where they do not have to perform know your customer in order to buy what I would call microtransactions worth of Bitcoin, two, three, five, ten dollars worth. They automatically have a, a sub account digital wallet set up for them that holds their Bitcoin um, in their name right into their application. They can buy, gift, and earn that Bitcoin just like they can credits on the platform today. And then when they want to exit the platform with Bitcoin and convert it to fiat, they can go through a few simple steps of know your customer, setting up a profile, and then choosing to convert that Bitcoin into um, cash, or they can transfer it to another wallet. So it's highly integrated so that the adoption will be high and seamless and frictionless for our customers. Um, this is good. Several years ago, when the general public were starting to get interest into blockchain and cryptocurrency and still having a hard time understanding what this means or what it is. And I know now everyone's into gaming and we're talking about InView because it's in essence a gaming platform. Uh, I used to tell people, imagine this, well, if we were talking about Chuck E. Cheese tokens or frequent flyer miles, uh, very similarly, if you had the ability to transfer those and move them around and yeah, they're native to the use case. So Chuck E. Cheese or United Airlines miles, but having the ability to, uh, in, in a frictionless way, be able to move that around and actually generate value from that, that would be something of, of interest and be important to somebody, right? And that's where people usually get it. So I know we're talking about games, but Definitely. people just kind of expanded their minds a little bit broader and saw like all the things that happen in fiat currency or in um, closed systems. Because again, when people were getting very worried about what was happening with a cryptocurrency in itself and the speculative nature of it, once you figure out those aspects, that's why we have regulators, the actual utility, and that's why it's called utility token in some examples, right? That is why it is actually going to be something very vital to a global economy. That's exactly right. And, you know, when you look at the gaming space specifically, when I go into play a certain game, I have to buy the rubies on that game. I have to buy the bucks on that game. I have to buy you know, the other digital currency to play this game. So imagine if I had to go to, you know, a shopping mall and buy one set of currency to go in this store and a separate set of currency to go in this store and a separate set to go to, into this store. And now, you know, you have a single currency that can be used on our platform and transferred off the platform. And people can use it as they do other peer-to-peer -peer transactions in the gaming space or, you know, in the larger virtual economy space as well. So it makes it really seamless, really frictionless for the users. 
Is your environment uh, purely on the web or is it also a mobile app as well? It's also mobile. So it's desktop, um, client, and then also mobile. So mobile, both in this case, usually both in the Apple App Store and the Google Store? That's right. Yep. And so you're probably paying the normal commissions to Apple and Google for your uh, in-game currency, correct? Yeah, right now, um, our uh, ability to purchase credits is really on our desktop and web environments, and then you can use them in the mobile environment. Um, when we launch Vcoin, it'll be very similar where you can um, purchase and use on desktop and web, and then you can uh, soon after be able to um, earn a gift and spend in the mobile environment as well. Yeah. yeah, I only bring it up because Apple just announced that they're cutting their commission rates from 30% to 15%. But that's yeah. only to make a million or less a year. Right, right. Yeah. But, but the, the, I see, most people I don't think would even know or care that when they're buying from the developer, they're not always aware that Apple and Google and other platforms take a significant cut of those mm -hmm. proceeds and revenue. So as we move along this economy, we'll see interesting shifts of whether companies like Apple and Google respond because... Uh, things like what InView and other companies are doing in essence is creating a way that their users can actually get more value uh, from what they're paying for because the commission is not necessarily going to be taken in those percentages. It's just something that I predict uh, is going to be an outcome. I think um, you're right. And I think the lines will start to blur, you know, right now there's guidelines for crypto versus games versus other, and you know, each category has its own rules for each of the play stores. So, um, you know, I think as the lines start to blur with something like a Bitcoin that is a digital currency, but in a game, you know, I think the rules and the guidelines will have to adapt as well. I agree. I, as um, a former bank executive who had oversight over KYC, AML, BSA, and other regulatory matters, uh, the key thing in terms of the overarching concern over virtual currencies of any type is the ability for someone with nefarious intentions to money launder. And uh, there was fear just as a blanket statement as we start to see uh, use cases develop, especially like an InView and you're limiting the ability and the exposure to basically microtransactions. So what's the ability for somebody to really use your platform versus just buying a Picasso and uh, carrying it over a foreign uh, boundary, right? Something like that. And so that's why I really think it's important that we continue to progress. Uh, with just a couple of minutes we have left in the segment, what is next specifically for InView and Vcoin? Sure, sure. Well, as, as we mentioned um, at the front end of the show, Vcoin will go live um, inside the InView experiences um, on the desktop and web initially. And then just a month or two later in the mobile applications, Vcoin will be live for all of our users in all of the various experiences. Uh, we've got um, some other features, uh, some other capabilities that will then come out um, that we think will feed the virtual economy. Because of course, at the end of the day, Vcoin is just a currency, right? It's a digital asset. Um, it's not the product itself, right? Our users will, will spend um, uh, Vcoin with each other um, and on virtual goods and experiences because they're buying something of value. So as we grow what we think is gonna be a massive service economy, we're gonna bring other services onto the platform, right? That enable that. So just to give one quick example, uh, we know that uh, when two users transact with each other, um, they want to know that there's some sense of security in that purchase. So an escrow-like service could make a lot of sense in a Vcoin service economy where the 50 Vcoin that I pay Nancy is actually held until the service is delivered. 
and then once delivered, the money is released and users are paid. Um, so there are a number of cool services that we think will launch over time. There's also a little bit around InView, we sometimes call a gray market. There's users that have been running service businesses, but they don't want to get paid in credit. So they've been paying each other with PayPal or other third-party payment mechanisms. We hope to bring them into the fold. They don't have to you know, jump deep, deep, deep into InView, but they can start to get paid with other users in Vcoin, knowing that, knowing that they own that currency. They can convert it back into cash. They can hold it, trade it with others. Um, so we do see that as a, a coming phase too, encouraging those users around the MVU ecosystem that add value um, to really remove any friction with our users if they can just pay each other's avatar. Uh, Thanks. Thanks, John. Thanks, Nancy, for being here today. John Burris and Nancy Beaton uh, in the strategy department of MVU. Right before we finish this segment and move into the pivot, why don't you drop how people can get their own interaction with your sites? Sure. So if users want to engage with InView, uh, the best way to do it is just go to InView.com or download InView um, out of the App Store or the Google Play Store. And from there, it's very easy to create your avatar and to engage with other users around the world. And InView is I, Emma, as in Mary, V as in Victor, U.com. And you can always go to the Silicon Valley Insider website, svn.biz. Uh, don't go away because we'll be back with John and Nancy to talk about predictions of the future. You're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I've had John Burst, Chief Strategy Officer, and Nancy Beaton, the VP of Strategy for InView. And whether you've heard about InView or not, during today's show, we talked about how InView has been around for about 15 years and offering virtual experiences with 3D avatars. Uh, think about a virtual world with gaming. And recently was awarded a no-letter action, which in regulatorese means that they cleared their way to do these microtransactions in their in-game virtual currency. So we talk a lot about blockchain and cryptocurrency. Welcome back, John and Nancy. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Keith. So great to have you both on the show today. It really was interesting talking about where InView and Bitcoin are at. And that really leads to the conversation that we want to have on the pivot, which is one, what does all this mean in terms of gaming as a whole, especially with COVID-19, the actual need for entertainment that people found either through television or other online hobbies, uh, games have certainly taken off. And then two, uh, with Vcoins no action and being able to now transact as a currency natively in your app, what does this all this mean for the future? Yeah, maybe I can take the first part of that, and Nancy can kind of fill in on the future of Vcoin. The to your point, the you know the unfortunate um, you know pandemic right that has been you know um, uh, that the world's been experiencing has driven a lot of activity, as we all know, online um, and in an environment like Inviews that's centered around friendship, social interactions, that's global, um, it saw tr tremendous growth um, in 2020, right? Uh, and we see that continuing into 2021, even as, um, you know, uh, the world hopefully comes, comes back to normal, right? Whatever that new normal looks like. Because I think, one, um, there's a monster number of users who are very comfortable in avatar form, 
They can, uh, they'll be online, whether they're playing games, run around, you know, shooting each other, or they're working together on shared experiences, or they're hanging out in a virtual coffee shop. There's loads of users that are comfortable doing that. And then a lot of the stay-at-home orders drove users online to find that friendship, to engage with friends and family, or to make new friends around the world. And InView certainly benefited from that. Um, and so did our virtual economy, which made us even more confident in what we're doing around Vcoin. Right. And Anthony, you were going to talk about yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I think, you know, we're not only confident in what we're launching into the MVP platform first and foremost in the coming weeks. Um, and so you'll see our product and our Vcoin availability live very soon. But we're also confident the fact that our users participate in lots of different virtual experiences. So they're on MVU, but like a lot of gamers and a lot of us, it's not the only platform they're on. So while we're going to kill it on the MVU platform and we will make it frictionless for them to engage with people right next to the platform, we know that they engage in a much broader virtual space. So we're excited to see how far our users decide to take this digital currency. That's great. Um, so we were thinking about Vcoin because you have a new action letter. Vcoin was developed specifically for MVU, but I can foresee a future where with some thought and some development, it could actually transcend the game itself. That's right. That's certainly our, our hope. And I think our users um, hope and expect that as well, which is these virtual economies often aren't confined just to the platform itself. So as an example on MVU, um, if I just bought a virtual dress, um, that, that wasn't maybe just created by one user. There could have been a stylist that helped design it, somebody that helped build it. And then it was actually another user on the platform that actually ended up marketing that virtual good in our marketplace. And so there's a need um, for a true currency, something, some true value that can be exchanged off platform. We sometimes say in our ecosystem and around our environment as well. Right. So we do see that that's currency. And we think that over time, uh, other third party platforms, gaming platforms, social platforms, there's some obviously that we are aware of that that have that are contemplating launching their own currencies that have value off the platform. And we hope that either Vcoin can fill a gap um, and drive growth in these virtual economies or can be easily exchanged um, for other value in the future. So we do see this this metaverse, this these virtual worlds and environments kind of blending together, right? And our users are going to expect that and they're going to want currencies, assets, even in the future avatars that can move between those experiences. Nancy, how do you think about people who are fearful of cryptocurrency and adoption and losing the control of fiat? What's your thoughts on that? You know, um, I think that, you know, for our users specifically, um, before you address the mass, I think for our users specifically, they may not be heavy crypto users, which is why we were very conscientious about the way that we introduced this to them. And, you know, they don't have to exit the platform and convert it to cash for it to have lots of value for them. So they can continue to play on the platform like they had been with credits. It just unlocks probably more opportunity for them in this service side economy. And of course, if you're an earner, you're going to love this cryptocurrency because now for the first time you can earn real value and turn that into cash. And I think when you start to see more real life mass adoptions of cryptocurrencies, I think that will translate into the general population becoming more, more comfortable with it as well. It's really hard, I think, sometimes for the mass population to understand how to 
you know, submit their cryptocurrency so it can be loaned out to other people and get interest rates on it, you know, but they will understand how you could start in a game with this and earn cash. And then I think that will then broaden their understanding and then they'll start to use it in other categories as well. So I think it will be, you know, an impetus for people to get involved and get comfortable and start using it in other areas. Well, thank you. So John and Nancy, so sorry, we're out of time, but thank you for being on the show today. I'll definitely have to have you back to talk more about where we're going. I mean, we're still in the very earliest innings of this whole cryptocurrency blockchain craze. So thanks again for being here. Thanks, Keith. Love to be back. You're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. My guests today have been John Burst and Nancy Beaton from InView talking about their company, uh, also their virtual currency coming out in January, Vcoin, and how the SEC issued them a no-action letter. If you have questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz, or to find out more about InView, go to imvu.com, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN. 